the state of captive insurance in South Carolina. Let's go to the bench. Legal news, information, and interviews from the South Carolina defense law firm, Collins & Lacey. Offering defense for construction, trucking, retail hospitality, professional liability, and more. The views expressed by guests are not necessarily that of the law firm, its management, or employees. This is The Legal Bench. Welcome to the Legal Bench. I'm Michael Burney, Director of Business Development for Collins and Lacey Defense Attorneys in Columbia, South Carolina. What progress has South Carolina made for attracting captive insurance companies to domicile here, and what is the economic impact of captives? Collins and Lacey attorney Rob Peel spoke with Joe McDonald, director of captives for the South Carolina Department of Insurance at the 2023 South Carolina Captive Insurance Association Conference in Charleston. All right, I'm here with Joe McDonald, the director of captives for the South Carolina Department of Insurance. How are you doing today, Joe? Hey, Rob. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, kind of explain to me what is, an, what is a captive insurance program. A captive insurance company is essentially a sophisticated form of self-insurance where you'll have a company or a group of companies who get together, collectively create their own insurance company that's held, quote-unquote, captive uh, by its owners. And it's going to write the risks uh, and cover the risk of the owners of these, these original companies. Okay, and how long have you been the direct, uh, director of the captive insurance program? A year and a half now. A year and a half, okay. What is the economic impact of captive insurances in South Carolina? Why is it important to the economy in the state of South Carolina? Currently, we have 213 active captive companies, which collectively write approximately, I think it's a little over actually, $3 billion in written premium on an annual basis. And this equates to approximately a $60 million annual impact to our state. We heard you talk and gave a very good talk this morning, and what I kind of gleaned from that was that we really want a a competitive, captive uh, market in South Carolina. Tell me where we rank kind of nationwide right now. Yeah, great question. Uh, Rankings are going to depend on a number of things. It could be gross written premium. It could be uh, assets under management. It could be how many the the number of captives that are they're licensed and active in in any domicile. However, if you bring all these things together, South Carolina always uh, lands in 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 top three, top five for sure. um, In in any of those numbers, uh, with respect to again uh, the quality of companies we have, the size of companies that we have, um, and ultimately really I think how how well we regulate uh, captive insurance companies here but also because of the um, infrastructure of service providers that we have here so when you, you mentioned the word regulation is South Carolina favorable because it's, they're highly regulated or they not as regulated kind of explain the regulation process yeah really good question um, in South Carolina, regulation is going to really exist on uh, a spectrum of a sliding scale, uh, and it's going the 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 rigor in the application of regulation is going to depend on um, the actual risk itself and and who is going to be impacted by um, by a loss. With pure captives, 
or special purpose captives in certain certain instances. You know, again, as I mentioned a moment ago, it's the owner of the risk who owns the insurance company as well, who's going to control claims, who's going to uh, pay claims. Um, so again, back to themselves. On the other side of, of that spectrum, we're going to have risk retention groups, RRGs. So in instances in certain in certain RRGs, you're going to have third party, uh, yeah, third parties who actually are impi- impacted by by claims. You're going to have uh, not third party policyholders per se, but again, third parties, uh, third party parties who are um, who could be impacted by a negative uh, or excuse me by by a major loss. Kind of describe what type of businesses in South Carolina use the captive insurance program. Oh, all all major industries for sure. Healthcare, uh, energy, transportation, construction, insurance companies, real estate. Um, yeah, I mean it, it it runs the gamut for sure. The difference between pure captives and ones with the risk retention is that must I say that right? Correct. Yeah. Risk risk retention. Would that be somebody who may be impacted by a law such as a owner of a mortgage on, you know, bank loan, somebody like that? So, so no, uh, because in statute in South Carolina, captives are not allowed to uh, write personal lines. So not personal lines, but think for an RRG, you might want to think about commercial truck, uh, yes, commercial trucking companies. So they have very strict standards of the uh, the coverage that they need for a single power unit to, to to drive down the road, and that market is 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 really tight. So you, you'll have companies uh, that will start RRGs with you know so many hundreds of power units. They'll start a trucking RRG, and there are very good ways to do this to set it up. And there are also ways that are you know not not quite so you know quite so beneficial. So we want to make sure in those those instances where uh, we we get a good company here, they have the appropriate capitalization for solvency purposes in case there is uh, a major claim from a loss, an auto accident, a pile up that you know, again, all of the individuals involved in that, uh, if they connect back to that claim, they're not going to you know be. Um, yeah, just left at a loss. Okay, yeah, and you mentioned earlier about um, the competitiveness of the captive insurance program in South Carolina. What? Why is it important to, to be? Why is it so competitive? I guess is the better question. So, historically, there were a number of offshore captive domiciles. And then back in the 80s, Vermont passed their captive statute and became the first onshore captive domicile. After that, there were a number of others that trickled, trickled in, uh, a few others. And then back in 2000, South Carolina passed our captive statute. So that's when we came on scene and started, started licensing and regulating these entities. Now, in the past 23 years, though, there have been, there has been, especially in the past 10 years, uh, a, a serious interest in captives by onshore by, by states to become onshore domiciles for for a host of reasons uh, tax purposes definitely there are uh, companies that will want to come onshore and maybe uh, they're um, uh, they were they were incorporated in particular states that they you know supported capital legislation in those states so they could bring the captives back uh, onshore or excuse me onshore and, and be incorporated in the same state that's one um, but in recent years, the competitiveness has to do with the acknowledgement that there, there's significant uh, tax premium uh, or premium from taxes 
from these companies that exist out there. And so, uh, why would you know as these companies come on shore or as 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 uh, companies in North America want to start captives? Why not offer the opportunity to incorporate and capitalize a captive insurance company? onshore in, in a domicile. So again, when there was only a few of us, there was only a few options. But again, other states saw, saw uh, this as a, a way to, um, to gain their revenue. And, and, and so they passed capital legislation and done it to better or worse way. And it just, it just depends on how they've approached it. Are there captive programs in all 50 states? No. Currently, I want to say there are 33 onshore domiciles. Yes, 33. Yeah, I know you mentioned Vermont. Um, was, was South Carolina one of the earlier states to pass the captive statute? Yes, yes, we, we, we were, certainly. I want to say the f- one of the first five or... Or I mean, certainly the first ten, definitely. Uh, there were a couple that, that uh, passed statutes around the same time that we did. All that said, the states that are that currently have captive legislation in place or, or, or statutes passed don't actually all go out and market their domicile. There are some that just they simply wait uh, for companies to, to come their way or for, again, companies that are incorporated in that state to set up a captive. So they'll, they'll, they'll market to those, those companies that are in the state. And they'll do that through um, you know, various ways, um, employing other things, um, other, other forms of taxes uh, and things like that to keep those companies in their state. But on the whole, uh, there's only a handful of, in my opinion, truly competitive onshore domiciles. Other than the tax incentives, uh, saving ultimately at the end of the day, I assume the business owner money, um, do they, have they realized or, or taken um, historical data to see how much, if there's no risk or there's no loss compared to writing the, the traditional traditional. Uh, Insurance policy, what they've what they've realized in savings, as opposed to, you know, the traditional way to for insurance, as opposed to just paying premium to the commercial market. You mean? Yes. Oh yes, uh, I I think that's done by by most captives on a on a, on a regular basis, say annual basis, uh, to determine whether or not they should continue placing certain levels of coverage in the captive or whether they should go to the commercial market. A captive is really a, a tool, a risk management tool, to be able to um, transfer risk when necessary, but also to retain risk when necessary. And that's going to be, uh, if you will, a series of dials that are constantly being, you know, tweaked yeah. and changed a bit. So it's not, it's just not, it's, it's not a one decision and then never looking back. It's a, a constant reviewing uh, coverage lines, reviewing premiums, retentions, what's the reinsurance market doing, what's what's happening in, I mean, with, in, again, investments, inflation. There's a lot of, of different factors that go into determine, oh, what should we do uh, with our capital right now? Should we use that to retain more risk? Should we uh, not retain more risk and push it out to the commercial market because it's, it's less expensive that way? How should we do that? But when an entity has a, has a captive, it really allows them more control to be able to do a lot of that. That's exactly what I was thinking about. I was thinking control. There's, there's not a, there's not a, you know, somebody trying to make a decision for the captive owners. The captive owners or controllers have the control to do what they want to do with their risk. Exactly, because again, at, at its heart, a captive is an insurance company, a bona fide insurance company, that insures 
the risk of its parent company. So this, quite often the board of directors for the captive is going to be the owners or connected to the parent company. So, so goals, looking to the future, uh, next year and a half, continue to build out the great team that we have here in South Carolina because that is one of the main uh, competitive factors that we have. Just our experience as regulators, um, again, just the, the understanding of, of relatively sophisticated and complex um, risk management programs and captives themselves uh, have a great team. So want to make sure that they're taken care of and that we continue to, to cultivate professionals in this space in South Carolina on the regulatory side. Also, uh, to market South Carolina, continue to market South Carolina as a premier onshore domicile, to get out there, uh, to be represented in trade media, to be represented um, at, uh, at conferences, to speak in front of uh, CFOs, uh, CROs, uh, CEOs, who, who are, anybody in the C-suite that want, has any questions about, about captives, to make sure that they know that we're a resource, the Department of Insurance is a resource to answer questions, to help work through solutions uh, to the issues they're having, um, and to, to point in the right direction if they, they are interested in establishing a captive. So those are the kinds of things I like to do. Also, uh, do whatever I can to help uh, support uh, the um, legislation that, that, that was introduced by, by Chairman Sandifer. That's, that, that, that's huge uh, for us. Uh, the, it's the association's uh, legislation for sure, but um, we worked with them to, to, to draft it. So I'd like to see that, um, that, that passed. That would be great for us for a number of reasons, kind of a cleanup bill, but there's some, some, some good things in it. Um, aside from that, uh, yeah, just, just keep, keep bringing quality companies here to South Carolina. Well, thank you, Joe, for joining us uh, today. It was very uh, educational and informative, and I appreciate all the work you do. Rob, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to The Legal Bench from the South Carolina defense firm Collins & Lacey. Learn more at collinsandlacey.com.